Welcome to Phone Messages, episode 135, You Frighten Me. My name is Paul Mason Foch. This week, I play message number six from Jason Weitzer. The message is 33 seconds long and comes from the fall of 1989. Let's listen. Paul Foch, you're so deep. You frighten me sometimes. This is Jason calling from the coast, the great Pacific coast. Yes, how are you, man? It's Saturday evening, probably Saturday night for you. And I'm going to go this party. I wanted to talk to you and tell you about this tattoo magic show I saw where someone had his scrotum pierced. It was really cool, and I thought about you. <laughs> I hope you're not overblown. <laughs> anyway, call me tomorrow in the daytime. I'll... Once again, we have a message that clearly displays Jason's playful character. It also strikes me that, similar to his last message, he conveys a certain San Francisco pride. Last time, he wished I was there to witness a massive earthquake. In this case, he once again thought of me when he saw someone have his scrotum pierced at a tattoo show. San Francisco was arguably the center of a body modification movement that emerged in the 1980s. This centrality comes first from the long history of tattoos among sailors, who had a big presence in San Francisco, a major maritime port. But more significant was the city's role as a haven for gays and lesbians in a world still hostile to queer identities. Tattoos, and even more so piercings, came to express openness to alternative sexualities. Piercings also became important to new ways of pursuing pleasure. I found advertisements for genital piercings dating back to the 1970s in the classified section of The Advocate, which was, and still is, the largest circulating gay magazine. The punk rocker style also had an influence on the growing popularity of tattoos and piercings. In some cases, consciously borrowing from non-European cultures to express opposition to bourgeois norms. A key figure linking the rituals of non-Western cultures to contemporary body modification practices was Fakir Musafar, who called his methods modern primitivism. Musafar and his associates saw procedures like scarification, branding, and flesh hangings as a way to escape the oppressive restrictions of Western society and achieve a more spiritual understanding of the self. In 1989, the book Modern Primitives, published by San Francisco-based Research Press, featured interviews with Musafar and other proponents of skin inscription. With photographs by Charles Gatewood that showcased techniques previously known only to a small group of practitioners, the book sold thousands of copies. 
The late 80s also saw the growing popularity of tattoo and piercing shows like the one Jason attended. In the 1990s, tattoo performances went from small clubs in San Francisco to major exhibitions in cities throughout North America and Europe. The most famous venue for these displays was the Lollapalooza Music Festival, begun in 1991, which included a sideshow of body art and fashion. With the help of youth-oriented media such as MTV, covering festivals like Lollapalooza, the popularity of tattoos and body piercings exploded in the late 1990s and continued into the next millennium. By 2017, a report by the Pew Research Center found 38% of young people ages 18 to 29 had at least one tattoo. With commercialization, the more radical ideals of adherents like Musafar seemed lost. On the other hand, the fashion trend provided work for tattoo artists whose appearance might make finding other types of careers difficult. Equally important, as tattoos and body piercings become more common, body modifiers, who were previously labeled freaks, may face less job discrimination in the first place. However, it's still hard to imagine a banker or a corporate lawyer with a face tattoo and lip piercings. If you know of bankers with ink on their face, or have another piercing story to share, please contact me through my website, pfoch.com. That's P-F-O-T-S-C-H dot com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.